Hi, this is Ananda, President of the Hare Krishna Community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. We're going to hear some lessons about Shemati Radharani today. Guru Prabhu um, has a PhD in theology and philosophy. His um, particular speciality in rasa tattva, this exchange, uh, sweet exchange particularly between Radha and Krishna. Uh, something you might not know about Garuda Prabhu is that he was here in the temple room when all three um, deities were installed, which means you were down at, at Q Street. in Q Street when Radha Mohan was installed. I lived down there. He, he lived down there yeah, even more. So um, he has a lot of heart for this particular temple and for these particular uh, deities. And we're so delighted you've, um, you will speak today about Srimati Radharani. So please uh, give Garuda Prabhu a very warm welcome. Lessons on love. Today I want to present some uh, quotes from sacred texts, quotes from Srila Prabhupada, to contemplate uh, who is Radha and what she brings to us. As long as my slides work, let's see here. Very good. What I found when translating the um, commentaries for one of my books is that Vishwanatha Chakravarti, commenting on the fourth chapter of the Rasa Panchadhyayi, at the very end, in the last, uh, for the last verse of that fourth chapter, when Krishna and the Vrajagopikas speak about the nature of love, and the relationships to love. Vishwanatha Chakravarti says, Premna jita evambu meti. Indeed, we have thus become conquered by pure love. Hmm. Okay, a little louder, huh? Okay, I don't want to blow eardrums out. This, I found, echoed the famous Latin poet Virgil from the 5th century BCE, who says, who's famously known for saying, all is conquered by love. All is conquered by love. But very few people know what he says after that. We too should give ourselves unto love. So it's sort of funny. Love conquers all. So we've all been conquered by love. But now he's saying, but we too should be conquered by love. So which is it? Are we conquered by love or are we not? Both. That's the key. Both. In the Chaitanya Charitamrita, we read, Loving attachment, raga, may cause divine lovers to meet, sacrificing dharma. Sometimes there will be meeting, and sometimes there will not be meeting. This is the dialectical movement within the divine nature. Daiber Gatan. Daiber Gatan. My Bengali is not the best pronunciation, but there it is. 
Now, this is something uh, out of one of my books, and this is the point of this lotus chart is to show how the position of Radha in relation to all other personages, divine personages, in divine Leela has a very, very special but quiet place. Very quiet place. First of all, exoteric means available to the general public. It's the antonym of esoteric. Esoteric means only available to the select few. So exoteric literatures consist of all of these texts, the darshanas, the Vedas, um, uh, the, the Vedangas, all these different uh, shastras. And then moving in closer is the Mahabharata, the Ramayana, the 18 Puranas, uh, Bhagavad Gita from the Mahabharata, and so on. And then finally, the Bhagavata Purana is at the center circle. And books 1 through 9 and 11 through 12 are, again, more essential. But the 10th book, the Dashamaskanda, is very, very special. Be why? Because there the leelas of Krishna uh, are displayed. And it is also the longest uh, uh, book, consisting of 90 chapters, as opposed to the others, much shorter. And within the 10th book of 90 chapters, the five chapters of the Rasa Panchadhyayi, uh, within the Vrajalilas, within all the Vrajalilas, the Rasa, the five chapters on the Rasa, chapters 29 through 33, are considered the highest. Sarvalila Chudamani, the crown jewel of all Leelas, is the Rasa Panchadhyayi. Leela Sara, that, that was from Vishwanatha Chakravarti. Leela Sara from um, Krishnanath Kaviraj Goswami. Um, he says, the essence of all Leelas is the Rasa Panchadhyayi. This is where the Rajagopikas with Radha celebrate the Rasa dance and the meeting of Krishna and, and not meeting, back and forth, this dialectic of which I spoke earlier, a few minutes ago. But in that rasa, in those five chapters of 173 verses, Radha is never explicitly mentioned. And people often wonder, where is Radha? Where is Radha? Then we have to go to the esoteric literature. To understand Radha, we have to go to literatures that are very specifically for our sampradaya. She is not to be exposed to everyone, only for the Chaitanya Bhaktas and a, a few other lineages. Only a few select lineages are able to celebrate and honor Sri Radhika. So esoteric means only for a select group here and there. And so here, the lotus chart, you can see all the Krishnas around the periphery, but then all the gopis in the inner um, whirl of uh, lotus petals. And as the passage starts, Krishna enters in between each two gopis. He duplicates himself multiple times so he can be with each 
two gopis. But each gopi assumed that he was dancing with her exclusively. So he, he manifested between each two gopis, but also to each gopi. At this point, numbers don't make a lot of sense. The spiritual world doesn't have to follow the laws of mathematics. And within that, you find the philosophy and narrative and poetry and drama and art and music that celebrates the, uh, uh, the Vrajagopikas with Krishna. And then within that, you find the celebration of the Vrajalilas of just Radha and Krishna. So you see, it takes a long way to get to Radha and Krishna. Somehow, all of us have gotten there. That's the good news. All of us have gotten there. Now, how to appreciate and to, to treasure such precious jewels of Krishna Bhakti? The purpose of this divine drama found in a Bija first verse, which basically says that God passionately loves souls, being himself conquered by beauty and love. So that is the way the Rasa Panchadhyayi opens up, the five chapters on the Rasa. And since you may want to picture him, here he is. Of course, we have Radhamadan Mohan. This is, um, by the way, a, a painting from Biji Sharma, who was originally acquired by uh, Henry G over there in the corner. He spent 18 years collecting 20 such beautiful, beautiful paintings that have been displayed in museums and will continue to be. It's now in the um, ownership gallery of, of uh, Amrita and Rishi. So this is my chart when seen as a whole. So the exoteric literature, by reading those and by entering into the Rasa Panchadhyayi when appropriate, leads one to the esoteric literature. This is why Prabhupada says, read Bhagavad Gita, read Srimad Bhagavatam in the sequence of books, read the Vrajalilas, yes, read Rasa Panchadhyayi, and then read the Chaitanya Charitamrita, which is up here. Okay? So Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam are down here, the very pinnacle of which is the Rasa Panchadhyayi, which acts not only as the pinnacle, but the entranceway into esoteric literature, where we will find Radha. Repeat after me. Bhagavan Apitaratri Sharadot Pullamalika Vikshantumanas Chakri Yoga Mayam Upashritaha. Even the beloved Lord, seeing those, ni those nights in autumn filled with blooming jasmine flowers, turned his mind toward love's delights, fully taking refuge in Yoga Maya's elusive powers. This one word, even, is the word upi. I spend 15 pages of a book explaining that one word. Sounds tedious, I know, I know. But it's really thrilling to people who really want to get into the depths 
of this lila. Because this word even means amazing is this, that the beloved Lord seeing the nights in autumn filled with blooming jasmine flowers. Well, first of all, it's amazing that these autumn, that the jasmine is growing in the, in the autumn. When does jasmine usually grow? In the summer or spring, the earliest the spring. So autumn at harvest time, jasmine is blooming. And what, and what time of day is it blooming? At night. Why is it blooming at night? Well, this is a metaphor for the Vrejagopikas who bloom, blossom forth from their homes at night. And that's not supposed to happen either. But it does happen transcendentally. And then how amazing is it that the Lord, when seeing this beauteous scene, turns his mind toward love's delights, fully taking refuge in Yoga Maya's elusive powers. There is nowhere throughout the all 18,000 verses of the Bhagavatam where Krishna takes shelter of Yoga Maya. Not once. But here he does. I've written another 20 pages on that. In the Bhakti Sutra, we find the mood of Bhakti, and the mood of the Vrajagopikas. And remember that in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the mandala of Gopikas are ultimately seen by the Chaitanya tradition as individual embodiments of Radha's emotions for Krishna. So the mandala of gopis is actually Radha. And Radha is actually made of these Vrajagopikas. At all times, with one, all one's heart, without any other thoughts or concerns, it is Bhagavan, the Divine Beloved, certainly, to whom one is to offer all one's love. Radha and Krishna, from the Chaitanya Chaturmita, Radha and Krishna are one self, although they bear two bodies, so that they can enjoy the experience of rasa with one another. Whenever you hear someone say, I'm worshipping Krishna. No, they're worshipping Radha and Krishna. Of course, when they say Krishna, they could be meaning Radha and Krishna. In this tradition, you cannot worship Krishna without worshipping Radha. It is impossible. Do you ever come in here and ever see Radha missing? <laughs> no, of course not. She is always there by his side. Always there. Radhika is the transformation of Krishna's love, pranaya, pranaya. There are dozens of words in Sanskrit for love and the different nuances of love. In English, we just have the one word, love. We're a little simplistic in English. But in Sanskrit, there are all the dozens of words. So how do you translate all these nuanced aspects of love into English, which just has that one love word. I tested this out on my wife once. I came home once and I said, honey, I'm very fond of you. She looked at me like, is there something wrong? That doesn't work. Honey, I have a lot of affection for you. She said, what is wrong with you? 
something wrong? I tried 12 other synonyms, and it got really dangerous after a while. I finally said, I love you. Oh, she said, you're back. It's the only word that works in English. It doesn't work any other way, even with friends. Like, I have a lot of affection for you. Okay, and, and what else? Not, no other word works in English. But in Sanskrit, there are dozens of words. You have to meld them together. Radhika is the transformation of Krishna's love. Pranya. Pranya is one of those words for love, but it ha- it's, it's very um, uh, tender affection. It has that sense of tender affection. His own nature, his own essential nature, which is known by the name of Hladini. Please don't say Hladini. If it says Fettuccini, <laughs> Capellini. It's not pronounced that way. It's la dini. Please say, la dini. Okay, you can all stay. There is certainly no happiness for a lover who is without the knowledge of the state of happiness of the beloved. Now, Prabhupada says words that are so similar to this, which I'm going to show you shortly when we wind up here. The essential nature of Sri Radha Takarani is Mahabhava. Well, I've given other lectures here explaining the uniqueness of Mahabhava. How there's, you know, eight steps leading to prema, and then within prema, there's seven more steps of depth and intensity. And then at the end of which is Mahabhava, but that is only for Radha and only for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu Goranga is the embodiment of Mahabhava. That is what Mahaprabhu Garanga is all about. And this love that he exhibited while in a physical form could barely take it. Anyone who reads the Chaitanya Leelas will find that Chaitanya is constantly ruining his body. I mean, the fisherman fished, put the, the net contained, if he found something in the water that he couldn't even identify a big blob of something. It was Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Ultimately, what, this, what does this say? The bhakta ultimately cannot remain in a body because there's so much love. It can't remain in a body. That's what Mahaprabhu is telling us constantly through those leelas where he's just, his body is falling apart. He can't stay in that body. This is the intensity of love that Radha has for Krishna. She possesses all good qualities, and she is the crown jewel of Krishna. Radha is the supremely joyful consort of Govinda, for she is the one who enchants Govinda. Yes, it is stated elsewhere that Krishna enchants the whole world, but Radha enchants Krishna. She is utterly everything to Govinda, the crown jewel of all intimate beloveds. You see, today I'm not talking to you about Radha. I'm letting the Shastras talk to you about Radha, mostly in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. 
Again, I move back to the Bhakti Sutra, again conveying the mood of Radha for Krishna. Having attained this purest love, prema, it is only the beloved one sees before one's eyes. It is only the beloved whom one hears. It is only the beloved about whom one speaks. It is only the beloved one contemplates. Krishna enchants, enchants the, the world, and she is the enchanter of him. Therefore, this goddess, Takarani, is the highest of all. This is a famous uh, phrase, a famous verse. Devi Krishna mayi prokta, radhika paradevata, sarva lakshmi mayi sarva, kanti samohini para. Very famous verse. The goddess who is fully absorbed in Krishna is known by the name of Radhika. She is the supreme divinity. She is the one in whom all the Lakshmis and all loveliness is found, whose character is utterly confounding and beyond all others. This is from the Brihad Gautamiya Tantra, quoted by uh, Jiva Goswami in the Priti Sandarbha and quoted in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Radha is first most celebrated and announced in the extremely esoteric, confidential literature of the Gita Govinda. And just the first verse, very difficult to translate, but it gives you the bija, the seed of the whole text. I must have tried 40 times to translate it properly. And this is what I came up with. Clouds cover the sky. The forest floor is darkened by tamal trees. Tonight he is fearful. Now, O Radha, you must lead him to the forest dwelling. Thus being obedient to joy. Don't you love that? Obedient to joy. They move quickly along a path toward a tree deep within a grove. Both Radha and Madhava are conquered there on the banks of the river Yamuna by the secret ways their divine love plays. This is Radha's friend telling Radha that Krishna is fearful. What is Krishna fearful of? Any ideas? Yeah, lo no, losing Krishna, Radha. Krishna is fearful of losing Radha. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, is that what you were saying? Yeah. Yes, good, good. Yeah. Oh, Krishna wants to be conquered by Radha. No, no, there's no fear of that. No, <laughs> no there's no fear of that. Now, we may feel a little fear of being conquered by divine love. That's what we have to get over. But Krishna is fearing that he may lose Radha. He's, he's missing her. He's longing for her. He's feeling viraha. Right? So, you know, lead him. So you must lead him to the forest dwelling. Mundane scholars, it's very funny. Scholars will say that this is, uh, um, uh, this is, uh, uh, 
Nanda Maharaj speaking. Because the word joy is the word Nanda, and they take that as Nanda Maharaj. What is Nanda Maharaj doing here? This is Rasa Mishra. This is a mixture of Rasa. No, this is Nanda Maharaj. Nanda Maharaj is not anywhere in this. So suddenly Nanda Maharaj is here speaking? He's not checking up on Krishna. That, that's a projection of your own life, Pollock. Okay. 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 Anyway, the point is no, no, no. This is Radha's friend who's, who's we, whose dialogue is woven throughout the whole Leela. Basically, only three characters Radha, Krishna, and Krishna's, uh, Radha's uh, Saki friend. And she's trying to help bring them together an agent, surely, of yoga maya. But, so thus being obedient to joy, not obedient to Nanda Maharaj. Radha's not a babysitter for Krishna. You know, we're going out tonight, we need, you know, Krishna, a babysitter for Krishna. No. Scholars could be the most foolish people. I hate to be, denigrate my own species. But how beautiful is this? Both Radha and Madhava are conquered there on the banks of the river Yamuna by the secret ways their divine love plays. This is what we have to contemplate the rest of our lives, ladies and gentlemen. These, when we see Radha Mohan, they're calling out to us for us to know them, for us to know how they are conquered by love, which is even greater than the two of them. We worship a relation. We don't just worship Krishna. We don't just worship Radha. We worship the love between them. Don't get too distracted by all the gorgeous and beautiful Sringar between them. It's interesting. Sringar means decoration, but Sringar means intensive love at the same time. So look at the Shringar, but don't forget about the Shringar. You got that? Okay. You heard it here. We have a beautiful, beautiful philosophy. Radhamadan Mohan is the prince of first principal deity. They are standing there. They represent all that is divinely, supremely beautiful. Radha Govinda, supremely playful, and Radha Gopinath, supremely delightful. That is our God, supremely beautiful, playful, and delightful. I think that's why we all come here. I think we are just in, entranced by so much beauty and playfulness and delightfulness. And that even comes through the devotees, all of you devotees that come here. So we celebrate together. Ah, it's just a complex chart. Don't worry about that. Okay, don't worry about that. Okay, here we go. So finally, and I'm going to leave some time for comments or questions or, or thoughts or whatever. Prabhupada says this. Usually this is a quote from Prabhupada. Sneha means, it's another word for love. Sneha. Out of the dozens of words, sneha. Sneha means affection. Everyone has affection. 
The cats and dogs also have affection. Have you ever seen? But our affection is wrongly placed. We are affectionate for the skin, for the body. This is wrong affection. Real affection is for the soul. Well, right now we all have bodies, so the affection for the soul comes through the body. And that's why Mahaprabhu is constantly embracing his devotees. So you'll see devotees embracing one another. They're not saying, Prabhu, I love your body. They're not saying that. They're saying, I am so glad you have a body so I can hug your soul. Because I know it's somewhere in there. That's what happens when I hug you, Palika. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Just let's not get into it now, okay? That's fine. This is, this is I, I want to underscore the most important lesson I believe we can take from today. To love me, this is Prabhupada speaking again, um, back in 76 in New Vrindavan, in a lecture. To love means to be connected, I'm uh, sorry, concerned for the other person's benefit. That is real love. I love you for your benefit. You love me for my benefit. If I so-called love you for my benefit, that is lust. In this material world, there cannot be love. But devotees know how to love in this world. I will add that here. Uh, Let's see, uh, whose words are these? These are my words. Okay. And we'll finish with this. True love means to be selflessly and wholly sensitive to the thoughts and feelings of another. That's what Prabhupada means. For one, one, another's benefit. Right? And, act, and to act from this heightened level of sensitivity. Lust, however, is the inability to be sensitive to, the, to another's thoughts and feelings and to act primarily from a selfish, self-centered, and even a destructive place. That is the difference between lust and love. Radha is the absolute, ultimate, divine emblem of selfless and the most intense form of pure love. We can take this lesson from Radha as she loves Krishna so sweetly, so powerfully, so ultimately, so beautifully. Any thoughts? Any questions? Any? Oh, okay, right away, right over there. Do we have a mic? Oh my gosh, the microphone has to travel from all the way there to there. Okay, we'll be here for about 10 minutes, folks. Just uh, stretch, your, stretch your legs and arms. What's that? No, this is Dritti, Dritti Devi, a god sister of ours. Yeah, that's all, I believe, most, uh, some of these paintings. These here, this one here. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Prabhu. Okay. Uh, Thank you for the enlightenment and for the wonderful. um, I was just wondering, am I sitting there in a class at Harvard or somewhere else? And I'm so fortunate and blessed to have you here giving lecture, and I didn't have to go to Boston to attend it at Harvard, so thank you for that. Um, all the, 
all the lectures you gave me about uh, the Radha Krishna and ever since I was growing in a Hindu family and I heard about Radha Krishna. Yeah. And also my grandmother used to say that Lord Krishna is the incarnation of God. Now also Lord Krishna and other gopis along with Radha used to hang around together, sing along and so what is that criteria? You said, you know, Krishna was a, well, let's say in society terms, love and lover and beloved and physically in our society. But first of all, what, how Krishna was attracted towards Radha among all other gopis? And then when they say Radha Krishna, Whereas the Krishna is the reincarnation of God, Radha is not in my, you know, as I, I don't know much about that. So this, but the bottom line, the question is that what are the characteristics and virtues of Radha which attracted Krishna? Well, that's a pretty loaded question, isn't it? But a good one. Thank you. Well, first of all, I have to address this issue of Krishna being an incarnation of God. Because it, it really may be more accurately to say God is an incarnation of Krishna. <laughs> I like to reverse that, you see. And, uh, and it's too complicated to show. Now, I, I can do a, a talk on this some other time. But when people talk about Krishna as an incarnation, they're talking about him as one of the Dash avatars, which comes through, you know, the, the, the uh, avataric... Um, uh, 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 taxonomy. There's a whole taxonomy that shows how Krishna is one of the ten, uh, the, the Dashavatars. But originally, Krishna is a Purnavatar. Okay. And then from him comes the Chaturvyuha. From him, the, the, it's very complex. But ultimately, it's quite simple. Just Radha and Krishna, ultimately. And this is explained in the Brahma Samhita very beautifully. Very beautifully. Beautiful poetry. Um, all the qualities that Krishna is attracted to in Radha, this is nicely explained in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, or Nectar of Devotion. So we can read from there. But the amazing thing is that he is Madan Mohan. He is irresistibly attractive to everyone, to all one, all people, um, uh, especially when he plays his flute. Have you noticed that he is playing his flute? Okay, you can see that he's playing his flute. But can you hear him playing his flute? Okay, that's what we're working on. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are working on hearing Madan Mohan playing his flute. We're working on hearing him calling all of us to his divine heart. That's what we're here to do. That's why we chant the Maha Mantra. That's why we chant Brahmins chant Gayatri Mantra where we actually hear the sound of Krishna's flute in the seventh line of the uh, Vaishnava Gayatri Mantra. The amazing thing is that Krishna is attracted to Radha when Krishna has the power to attract everything else, all else, everyone else. That is the amazing thing. We will never, ever, ever be able to comprehend what Krishna, all that Krishna is attracted to in Radha. In fact, even Krishna couldn't understand it. So how do you expect me to explain it? It's a very unfair question, sir. 
And I ask you to ask another question some other time. It's very unfair. But Krishna finds out by taking the form of Goranga Mahaprabhu. Then he tra- and then even then he can't. It's hopeless. It's a chintya. Heard that Radha, Radha is considered as a devotion towards Krishna. So, in order to show our devotion for God, Krishna, we have to show our devotion for Radha first before Krishna. Yes. Okay. I'll just say yes. That's that's good enough. Yes, exactly. But she is the divine goddess, and and he is the supreme lord. They are. We don't worship a he or she and it, but really a they too. Sometimes devotees describe our theology as monotheistic. That's simplistic. So, of course, I come in and complicate things. I call it a polymorphic bimonotheism. And I'm not going to explain that to you today. We'll save that for another time. Any other comments? Thank you, sir. Um, I yeah. have a quick question. Where, oh. I, I have always puzzled with this thought, so I apologize if I don't know much about it. The right. question is uh, that, okay, so Radha is devotion to Krishna, and you know Krishna was attracted to Radha. Then why did he leave Radha? Like why didn't he take her, take her with him? Like uh, when she, he left to Mathura, and finally all his journey to Dwaraka, why he didn't marry her? So that's the question I have always puzzled, and maybe I don't know the answer. Again, I think, I think Krishna probably doesn't know why he did that. I mean, it's absolutely insane to leave Radha. Other, but an esoteric understanding of it is he never leaves Radha. Yeah, he may go to, and, and, and go to Dwarka and, and, or Mathura and, and to the more you know, um, uh, chivalrous uh, um, uh, rasas you know, and so on. Maybe uh, we should understand why. No, well, well, in the Rasa Panchadhyayi, when Krishna um, abandons the singular gopi because she is experiencing signs of pride, um, we may ask why does he leave her? And she's identified as Radha, but she's never named. That's what I was speaking of earlier. First, he leaves all the gopis. Why does he leave all the gopis? When they're playing in the forest, the gopis are having so much fun. They're just running around the forest with Krishna and so on. And some of the gopis stop and say something that appears to be very grateful but is subtly dangerous. When we compare ourselves to one another, this is a problem. There's no comparison that is healthy. So in other words, the gopis get together and they say, we must, we are playing with Krishna in the forest. We must be the most fortunate women. But they didn't leave it at that. The most fortunate women in the whole world. In other words, compared to all other women, Krishna immediately vanished. But what you should know is Krishna vanished from their sight, but they never vanished from his sight. They didn't know that until Krishna returned. In other words, Radha and Krishna are never totally separated. But they're never totally together enough because in love, in true love, 
You can never be close enough to the beloved. That's a beautiful explanation. Thank you. Thank you for your question. We have time for maybe one other comment? Are we doing this to get like, you know, female, male, male, female thing? Uh, okay. Uh, hello. Uh, so uh, I heard about the uh, love between Radha and Krishna. It was really delightful. So I just wanted to ask a question that, uh, uh, so love basically involves two people. So uh, these days we hear a lot about self-love. So what is that? Is that something even possible? Because for love and for Shringa, you need two people, but there's a lot of, you know, uh, things going about self-love. Self-love. So is that even possible? Because for love, you need two people. So just need... Well, you, you know, I'm a professor. I'm a scholar. I do research. So one day I tried to experiment. Like, what would it mean for me to love me? Honestly, I was pretty bored. I mean, I'm sure other people find me maybe a little more interesting than I find myself. But love, you said it in your question. Love requires two. This self-love, this is, I think, a concept of modern self-improvement. Um, uh, uh, you know, it, it might be not so much love, but it may be more a, a sense of, of uh, self-care, you know, being... Uh, uh, well, what devotees do for themselves, devotees mark the body as temples of, uh, as a temple of God. Um, we love temples, right? So that's self-love. So start marking the 13 places. Because what's in the temple? The deity. We are each living, talking, walking pajaris of our inner temple. There's a lot of love there. But they don't mean that by self-love. They mean love the, love the thing that's loving the, the self or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, I tried, I tried and I couldn't, I couldn't love myself. But I could love how Krishna's given me a temple in which Radha and Krishna reside within my heart. And I get to be the pajari of that temple. If I make proper offerings of love throughout the day. That's real self-love. It's loving, it's the self loving the uppercase S self or Radhan Krishna that resides within. I mean, I want to respect that some people are nourished and helped by that self-improvement stuff and so on. But really, the devotional process helps us with true Love of the self, uppercase S. One more? Or are we supposed to go to a lady? Hey, we're supposed to go to a lady. Yeah, come on. Sorry, you lost out. Yeah. I mean, that's what the management said. Oh, here's the management right here. Okay, yeah, I was, he's, he's walking in. Look at this. And, and you can feel his, the, the, the gravitas, you know? Yeah. But I think we can squeeze one more in, okay? Yeah, where's the, the oh yeah. Hare Krishna. Um, I really liked your distinction between esoteric and exoteric literature. Of course, because there's all these parallels and all the world religious traditions and everything, um, which is like a whole nother thing. Yes. But I was wondering, 
if there's particular verses in the exoteric literature of our tradition that kind of lead into the esoteric verses? Like, are there particular verses that hint at um, the more hidden stuff, if you know where to look? In oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, don't get me going. Um, that verse in Bhagavad Gita that Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswaman himself quotes. As Krishna, yeyatha mam, as they uh, love me, yeyatha uh, mam prapadyanti, as they submit themselves unto me, yeyatha mam prapadyanti, tams tataiva, bajamyaham, I worship them. Whoa, I love them. As they submit themselves to me, I love them. This is all, this is rasa. It's right there in Bhagavad Gita. And there are many others. And the conclusion of the whole Gita, which is the ne necessary precondition for all bhakti, is Krishna loving us. Ishtosimidrithamiti. You are so much loved by me. That is why we love Krishna. Because he is already loving us. It's all there in the Gita. Yeah, there, it's a good question because there are loads of esoteric readings right there in the Gita if you know how to read it. We all know how to read it. That's what Prabhupada teaches us. Thank you. Thank you, so thank you very much. To yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much.